Today's show is brought to you by Vinyl Me Please. Join their record of the month club at www.joinvmp.com backslash WFSE. I don't know what you're doing, so... What I'm doing? Yeah, like who? Oh, it's from this movie. Have you ever heard of Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen? Yeah. Yeah, it's this song that plays in this one part where Lola's hosting the party and... Lindsay Lohan like is there and the song is playing and right before Stu Wolf comes to the door the song is playing that goes like I am the best there is and then it's just like some female rapper and it keeps going it's just been like randomly stuck in my head I don't know why because I haven't recently watched that movie but well, do, you, do you know who it is? no I have no idea what the song is mm. not a clue you've never like googled it or, or looked into it at all i think i tried to when i first saw the movie and then i i couldn't find it so i gave up that makes sense yeah moral of the story is give up whatever when any any, any side of hardship self-doubt yeah, give, give up. up this is exactly what yes this is from from us to you this is important information are you recording oh yeah <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> Deep sigh. Yep. Alright. Welcome to episode Welcome to 19. Episode 19. <laughs> Where you even bunch of bullshit. Alright. Episode 19 of Were You Even Listening? Fireworks. Fireworks. Explosions. Confetti. Oh no. Death. The children. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Britton. I'm Natalie. Um, And we're here yet again talking about music news and releases and our hot takes on everything. So thanks for listening to Were You Even Listening with us right here right now. So I have a question for you, Natalie. Um, the first question that I want to ask today on this podcast, the first of probably many questions that I have to ask today on this podcast. Um, it's a super important one and one that I really need the answer to, but I don't know if you'll really, you know, I don't know if you have the answer, but I feel like it's a question that I have to pose anyway. I'll give it my best. Okay, good. Um, this question is, what happened to Hosier? Oh. Where is he? Oh, that's simple. He died. I don't think he did. No, he, he's dead. Okay. Because when I Googled him earlier, there was no indication that he had died. Um, so I'm just wondering where you got that information. Did you do it? Well, or you, you, see. you see. You, it sounds very suspicious right now. Well, I'm not going to incriminate myself. This is Fifth Amendment uh-huh. stuff right here. Uh-huh. Know your rights. Right. I can't. I'm protecting myself from compelled self-incrimination right now. No, I'm kidding. Um, no, I just say that because he literally hasn't made music since 2015, 2014. So, like, yeah, he's just nowhere to be found. I just... Today I was listening to our college radio station, the one that you currently manage, WFSC Fighting Scots Radio, um, and a Hosier song came on. What song? Um, From Eden? No. It was... Angel of Small Death in the Codeine Scene? Nope. Take Me to Church? Nope. Someone New? Nope. Well, then I'm at a loss. Jackie and Wilson. And oh, I would have never guessed that. Because it's in the system. The whole album, I think, is in the system. 
<sighs> not surprised. But um, <laughs> but I came on and I'm like, hmm, what happened to Hosier? And then I look it up and there's nothing. There's no information past 2016 of him doing anything other than performing live and writing a song for a soundtrack or something. Yeah, I mean, his latest, like, release was in 2014, and then there's, like, I think there's a live, like, yeah. live song yeah. compilation from something from 2015, and that's really it. So, like, I, I don't just, know. Is he done? Like, I is he just calling not. it quits? Is it, he's only, like, 28, so right. it's not like he's old. And if you said he's still been doing live performances, he's clearly not done. Done, yeah. I just, I don't know. I kind of miss, like, that sound, you know? I, I didn't like, think you were really a fan. No, I really liked his album, hmm. like, a lot, actually. That's interesting. Um, I liked it, too. Um, he reminded me, like, of Father John Misty for a little it bit. It was, like, Father John Misty, but better and, like, more approachable and a better songwriter and more suited to my taste, I think. Right. Specifically. No, I really loved, I loved, well, when Take Me to Church first came out obviously that was super popular when it first came out and i saw the music video on mtvu three months before everyone started listening to it which is a common thing that happened because that's also what happened with little lion man by the mumford and sons and i liked it and then it became really popular i'm like i can't like this anymore and then i never listened to the mumford and sons again Wow, Britain, you're so hipster. Yeah. It's so it was cool how you time. discover music no, before everybody really else. Honestly. Life. I'm glad I'm not like that anymore. Bow down. All hail Britain. He knows music before everybody else. I'm glad I'm not like that anymore. But there definitely was a time in which, it, yeah. Because you had to. You had, that's how you, you had to fight to survive in high school. And the only way to survive was by knowing more unpopular music. Right. And then exposing it to everyone else and be like, wow, I can't believe you found them. And you're like, I know. Well, anyways. Anyways. Back to my point. When okay. Tingu to Church first came out, <laughs> I really liked it. And I was looking, like, I was looking for it on YouTube or something. Mm-hmm. And that's how I discovered Alice Christiansen, I think is how you pronounce it, I'm pretty sure. Um, but cause she did a cover of Take Me to Church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know the cover you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And now I'm just like, I've been following her since then, like her kind of career. And it's kind of interesting cause back then she was kind of not a nobody just making covers. And now she makes like her own music. She has a couple of singles out now. So like That's cool. she pro- she's working on an EP, I think. So yeah, a little tidbit story time, you know. 2014 was just a weird year, so, like, things that came out in that year, to me, are, like, I feel, like, unnecessarily impactful, because it was, like, graduation of high school, first year, first semester of college was 2014. Right. So that's, like, a lot to process. Like, a terrible time, honestly. really weird. Like, trying to, basically knowing exactly who you are, and then that being completely destroyed as soon as you get to college, (laughs) and trying to figure out, like, what actually... What are you? Who are you? What What are you doing here, basically? Um, so, like, Hosier, that album came out in 2014. Um, El Pintor, the Interpol album, came out in 2014. Mm-hmm. Headhunters by Glowbug. Those are, like, three that I listened to, like, a lot that year. Um, so, yeah, I I don't know. I was just thinking, like, where's who? Where's Hosier? Yeah, maybe maybe he'll be, maybe he's working on something. Maybe it's going to be like a Lord situation, four years to make an album kind of like thing. Like Hosier, if you're listening. And Frank Ocean, really he want. took four years to make an album. Yeah, that's true. So. That's true. You know, he's probably still out there. And like, 
it's interesting finding his time waiting those examples because like blonde and melodrama are both perfect so you know maybe the next ozier album will be record of the year 2019 maybe even 2020 maybe even 2020 but like even then do you think future sex love sounds is going to have a special 2020 re-release when we get to 2020 or the 2020 experience or just all of justin timberlake's albums I'm rolling my eyes, yeah, um, but uh, probably. I mean, it would be fitting, I guess, and it would probably make sense. It's Justin Timberlake needs more money, and the 2020 experience needs more re-releases. <laughs> Off topic, but what have you been listening to? Oh, oh gosh. Um, well, lately I've been listening to a lot of um, my Let's Get Ratchet throwback playlist on Spotify, and if you're looking for it, <laughs> the cover. Flip your ponytail back <laughs> and forth. If you're looking for it, the cover picture is Tupac in a Detroit Red Wings jersey. Um, can't miss it. Uh, but no, it's just been a lot of like DMX, LL Cool J, DOC, Coolio, Juvenile, Wu Tang Clan, Dr. Dre, Chingy. I think Chingy's on there. there you go. Like, every, everything's on here. Literally everything that you listen to, like, between the 90s and, like, 2005 is on here. Wow. So. TLC? Probably. I, I mean, it's got, how many songs does it have? It's got 130 songs on it, okay, and so the collection is still building, so. <laughs> as, I, as, as more 90s hip-hop gets released, we're adding more and more to this playlist. No, I just, I just, I, I'll listen to a song and be like, is this on the playlist yet? Oh, it's not. And then I'll add right. it. Yeah. Don't twist my words. I'm not. I'm I've also been listening to, I've been listening to what I consider the saddest song in the history of all songs. Um, and it's the saddest song and it doesn't have any lyrics, which is really weird. But it's Plates by Trevor Minier. I think is how you say it has no words and it's like a legit like five minute song mm-hmm. that's not very long just kidding it's seven almost seven minutes oh, okay. it's like six i mean yeah there's some there's a lot of emotion that you can convey through just music yeah and i like i don't know it's just kind of like the, that song where i'm just like imagine myself walking on a street alone in the rain that's every song i listen to yeah so like that's that vibe you're going for there and then today specifically really weird but i've been listening to yellow wolf and why i know <laughs> i don't know okay so like i went through a phase where i like was kind of into yellow wolf like when i was also really into eminem um and because i mean he's on shady records but he just reminded me a little bit especially in like daddy's lambo and music like that but now he's like more like it's almost like southern rap like it's it's nearly like a a country rap but i don't want to say country because i i hate country music but like honestly it sounds like the worst thing like possible like countryfied rap sounds honestly like hell and something i wouldn't want to listen to perfect because like you know all those people are like oh i listen to everything except for country and rap like this would be the perfect thing like this is their kryptonite (laughs) this is the one thing that country music fans can cling to that will never be destroyed by the gentrification of music. <laughs> right. Anyways, I've been listening to that song a lot. I don't know why I, like, am mildly embarrassed that I really like it, but 
this is a thing I was thinking to myself the other day because you know people are always talking about like their guilty pleasure music and it's like why do you have guilty pleasure music if it's if it's a guilty pleasure that means you like it in some way and why are you ashamed of something that you like especially well specifically music like there's definitely some things I think for me for my my guilty pleasures like I even have a few guilty pleasure playlists that I keep on private because I don't want people to know mm-hmm. but um I think it's more well part of it it could it's either going to be because of the status of the person like let's just say Mac DeMarco well see that that's what got me thinking about it <laughs> actually interesting that you said that because I was listening to Mac DeMarco and I was like hmm Sarah would be judging me super hard and yeah. I tweeted about it because she would because you know people are like over that or whatever but I still really like a lot of Mac DeMarco songs. I think with Mac DeMarco, it's more just like people who aren't, I guess, I guess the stereotype is that people who aren't really into that indie scene or just posers, quote unquote, listen to just like Mac DeMarco. Mm. I think that's the theory behind that one. And then there's also just the fact that if people think someone's too overrated, like Taylor Swift, and you like Taylor Swift, mm-hmm. that could be another guilty pleasure because they're so overrated and people don't like them. Or it could just be something that just like if it goes against what I normally like, then I can then I it's a guilty pleasure for me. Like Yellow Wolf, that goes against what I normally like because I don't but like would you, Southern. Would you say you like Yellow Wolf? If someone asks you, would you say that you like Yellow Wolf music? Probably not. Hmm. So you're lying to yourself and to other people. <laughs> well, okay, but, but to be fair, I mean, there's only a few songs that I like, so right. I, can I say that I like the artist if I really actually only listen to, like, three songs? Sure. Probably not. Sure. But, like, that's just my thing. It's, like, why... Because I feel like by the nature of having a guilty pleasure playlist that you don't allow other people to see or whatever, like, are you really being authentic to yourself and other people? Because, like, what's wrong with saying you like well, something? Well, another, another thing about, I guess specifically about my guilty pleasure music is it's specifically, like, music I don't go to a lot, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not something I would regularly seek out. It's just something that sometimes I'm in the mood for this type of music that okay. I'm normally not in the mood for. Right. And it's also mildly embarrassing, probably. <laughs> but, but why is it embarrassing? This is what I'm trying to get Okay. To. This is what I'm trying to get into, like... It's em- okay. It would be embarrassing because you know that the masses don't like the it. The masses. Uh-huh. They they don't like. <laughs> like I don't know if it's somebody like Twenty One Pilots. Mm-hmm. Everybody hates on Twenty One Pilots, so automatically everyone you... hates on Twenty One Pilots except for people who really like Twenty One Pilots. Right. Exactly. So. And so like, that would be one where like okay, you would hide that if you were associated with the people who also didn't like 21 pilots taylor swift another good example she's so hated like but then the people that really love her really love her Mm -hmm. so like if you're not in the category of really loving her then you might be in that category of secretly listening to some of her music but like that still doesn't answer the question. Why does it have to be? Why can't you just say I listen to Taylor Swift? And, like, I mean, you can. Are, There's nothing just, stopping right. you but, from um, doing that's that. That's like, what is the problem with society that people feel like they have to hide things that they like because they're afraid what other people think? Why do you care what people think about the music you listen to? Why are you not being true to yourself? Oh my god. <laughs> what if I told you I listen to Ed Sheeran? That's like whatever. 
Like, Ed Sheeran's not my favorite. I don't, by the way. But get, see? See, there it is. <laughs> like, you could listen to Ed Sheeran, and it would be fine. It would be great. It would be whatever. Who, who I'm just cares? saying that because I'm just purposely picking out somebody that you really extremely have a distaste for. But now, you know, now people are like, oh, well... Natalie thinks it's weird to like Ed Sheeran, so now I'm going to feel weird about it. Like, okay, Ed that's Sheeran. not what I mean. And it perpetuates this whole thing. <sighs> oh, my God. And then God. you make this culture of people who are afraid to say the things that they like, and then it's just people on the internet talking about things they hate all the time. So you can't say that you don't have any I'm over the negativity. Be so, true to yourself. So you, you're you true to yourself, so there's nothing that you're embarrassed that you listen to. You're, I don't You think don't so. have any guilty pleasures. I, I don't think... There's definitely things, like you said, that I don't listen to regularly that I go back to. But I don't think there's a single thing that I have listened to on my entire like history on Spotify or whatever that I am embarrassed to have listened to. I don't believe you. <laughs> Great. Okay. Well, you don't have to believe me, I guess. But there's nothing that, like, sticks out to me that, like, I listen to, like, oh, I shouldn't tell people I'm listening to that. Because, like, if I'm listening to Linkin Park, I'm going to tell people, hey, so, yeah, the other day I was listening to Linkin Park, and, like, aren't they bad? But, like, yeah, they are. But guess what? I used to listen to Linkin Park. Everyone used to listen to Linkin Park. Is it wrong to go back and listen to My Chemical Romance? No, it's not. You can still like old My Chemical Romance and listen to My Chemical Romance. Is it a problem if you're listening to Danger Days? Yes, I will find you. But you know what? Okay, so now you're just being a hypocrite right now. No, then. that's because Danger Days is bad, and everyone knows it. I'm not going to get mad at someone for listening to Danger Days, but I'm going to question their judgment. Okay, that's still being a hypocrite. It's not. It is. It's not at all. Because now, somebody who listens to Danger Days is going to be like, "Well, I can't tell Britney listen to Danger Days." Yeah, now. you can't. That's the one exception. <laughs> There's always an exception to every rule, Natalie, and the exception is Danger Days, the fabulous lives of the Killjoys. <laughs> oh, it's garbage. Moral Hot of the story garbage. is: be true to yourself. It's America. We're free to, to do what whatever you want. You want. You're also free to just not tell people what you listen to. True, but don't be afraid <laughs> to tell people what you listen to. You're allowed to like things that people don't like. Like, if you're having a conversation with someone and they're like, oh, well, I hate them. Like, that doesn't mean you have to change your mind. Don't let people I don't think that's what guilty pleasure means. No, I don't either. But I'm just continuing this because (laughs) there's a lot of it that I see on the internet. And, like, even in... Yeah, there's a lot of trolls. You just got to get past the trolls. Yeah. Haters. Speak your truth. Haters are the motivators, you know? I just hit... Yeah, you did. That was probably really loud. I'm so so. sorry. I'm so sorry. (sighs) But yeah. I don't know where to go from here. I've been listening to Mac DeMarco. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for asking. (laughs) Um, Because I was listening to live versions of Mac DeMarco songs because I was sent a video of someone going on, like, requesting to play a song live with Mac during a concert. And then he's like, well, what song do you want to play? And then they played Freaking Out the Neighborhood. And the kid knew every chord for the song and everyone was freaking out about it and then that led me into a whole of mac demarco live videos one of which is um this vanessa carlton's um thousand miles or whatever that song is called um yeah i think that's what it's called and i would walk yeah that's what it's called yeah um making my way downtown and the except it's the song and everyone's playing the song except the only lyric he's saying is making my way downtown <laughs> to the beat and like to the intonation of what the lyrics are supposed to be why and i would make my way downtown 
Wait, why? To make my way downtown. Just the whole time? <laughs> yeah. And then it gets faster and faster. And he's, it's just really, it was really fun. It looked like a wild ride from start to finish. Um, and then I got to the Beats Lounge covers, um, Paramore's cover of Passion Fruit by Drake. That's really, really good. Um, like, so good. Like, aggressively, aggressively good. And we should play, we could actually play it on Subverse because it's Paramore. Really? And like it's there. Paramore is not subverse, but they could be, and <laughs> like this cover is really solid. We play a cover, we play uh, Phanogram's cover from the same session, basically. But Phanogram is subverse, right? Well, what makes Paramore not subverse? Because Paramore is pop punk. Are they? Oh God! I don't think they are anymore. I'm not getting into this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm not unpacking this. I'm not getting into this with you. Hey, guys, guess what? Uh, news for today. Um, <laughs> the 30 best dream pop this albums, according worst. to Pitchfork, are a really bad list, and whoever made this did, it, did people dirty, so... Like, so dirty. Like, look. Look. Oh, I'm looking. Pitchfork. I don't know how many of your members worked together on this list but i need to tell you you can't have a top 30 list and then put five albums from one band on the list like that is not how this works there's also nothing past 2009 on here when there absolutely have been dream pop albums since Mm -hmm. 2009 in fact i feel like a lot of the dream pop scene was influenced by some of these albums sure but a lot of them have come out in the past like 10 years and they're completely not accounted for here which is ridiculous to me like you have the ones that you need to have obviously you have the pains of being pure at heart you have wild nothing which is the most recent one 2010 and then clinging to a scheme which should not be at 24 like that's ridiculous that should be higher that should be much higher also i wouldn't even say it's dream pop that's definitely more like shoegaze but whatever um you know it's just like who did this the sundays i don't think is dream pop either like I love this album and I'm glad that this album's on the list, but like I don't I don't I feel like agree I feel like they're on. doing it in a broader sense where they're including like shoegaze e more. No, but that's like things. that's just straight up just like alternative from the nineties. Like I it doesn't yeah. have many dream pop elements to it, I don't think. And Julie Cruz is floating into the night is like I don't know why that's here. I don't. I get. Why also? Why it's top ten? So like. It's top ten. <laughs> it's like the Twin. Pe- it's just the Twin Peaks theme song is on this album and some other good songs. And like, yeah, it's great, but like, would I qualify it as dream pop? I don't know. Pitchfork does apparently. And then it just keeps going, and like the further you get through it, you're like, what is going on? There? There's two Beach House albums in top ten. And then Mazzy Star, so tonight that I might see is like, sure, fine. And then Heaven or Las Vegas is a shoegaze That's record. That's 100% shoegaze. Great <laughs> record, though. Yeah. But like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, what were they trying to say with this list? Why did this list come out? Who? What provoked this? Like. Yeah, that's my question. Yeah. Like, what was kind of the, the influence of this list and why is it so heavy on early 80s to late 90s alternative music 
The world may never we, know. We may never know. Yeah, I don't know. We also may never know why ASAP Rocky wants to work with Morrissey. I jumped to that one because I think it was a better transition. It was. I'm glad you did um, that. I like that. Yeah. Um, why <laughs> ASAP? Come on. Like. Like. No. Of everyone? Like, think think of how many people are in this world. Like, you know, how many billions of people. Six. Six billion people. Now think of how many of those people are artists. Mm-hmm. Probably a lot. And you choose Morrissey. Well, because he Explain. quote unquote wanted to make some emo real retro infusion mother trucking two thousand eight shit, man. <laughs> like sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean fine. You know, you've already featured Moby in a song. Like, how deep are you gonna go? But like I mean, definitely. Morrissey, right now. Like Moby made sense. Yeah, I don't like, know. Like this version of Morrissey, like right. Morrissey today. Like not Smith's Morrissey. Like I wouldn't want to touch that, like at all. <laughs> like I don't want to go near that. I don't want to know what you're thinking or why. Like I, I'm not sure about that one. Thank you though. Like I definitely get it. Like if he was making stuff like the Smiths still, or like his early Morrissey stuff, then okay, sure. But, like, his newer album was garbage. Like, very bad. I feel like ASAP probably is talking more about the Smiths era. The, yeah. Because yeah. he did specifically say... Smith. I'm a, uh, yeah, the, on some Smiths stuff. So, mm-hmm. it's probably more... Uh, he's leaning more towards that, I would think. Mm-hmm. And that would make sense, I guess. That but, would be a fun record. But even still, I mean... Mm-hmm. It's Morrissey, so... Mm-hmm. You know, uh, that is what it is. Maybe it'll happen. I mean, who knows? He said he wanted to work with Lana Del Rey back in the day, and then look, they have a song now. So, <laughs> what ASAP Rocky wants? Yeah, he's gonna he's get. He's gonna get. Um, but also stuff that's happening. Donald Glover is set to host and perform SNL on May fifth. Nice. That's Saturday. Two Saturdays from now. Two Saturdays from now. That'll be fun. I'm really excited because um, he's been on my list for a while for someone to get um, on SNL. So. Yeah, and I mean, host and performer, that's great. Yeah. Because he can both act and makes good music. Um, do you think there's going to be new music debuting? Uh, I don't know. That's hard to tell because from, from what I've read and from what I've heard, he's taking a break from music. Yeah. So I don't. No. So it's like, what what is he going to play? Is he going to play... He's probably going to play stuff from Awaken My Love. <laughs> like Redbone. <laughs> like Redbone. <laughs> right. So that'll be fun. Or maybe popular stuff, like, from... Because the internet or something. Mm-hmm. I just want to hear Sober live. It would be cool. That'd be great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That came on... That was another one that came on that just happened to play when I was listening to Spotify and I was just like I this is like the only song I listened to like in 2015 that's like the only song just on repeat every day all day so good yeah and in case people who don't know Donald Glover he is the same person as Childish Gambino so don't let that confuse you because on the thing on the little post-it note it literally says Donald Glover then Childish Gambino as the performer and the host 
they designated his stage name and his real name. I really, I'm just still trying to wrap my head around how you pronounce his last name. Glover. Is that how you say it? Glover? Is yeah, it Glover? It's a Glover. I've never heard anybody say it out loud. But like, it's glove. It's it's the word glove <laughs> and an R. I'm pretty sure I've said Glover before and nobody corrected me, so... Well, because people just think that's like your Buffalonian accent. <laughs> Maybe it is my accent. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> just cut this whole section out. I suck. <laughs> Coachella started and you're not there. Yeah, I'm not, because I'm going to weekend two. Um, so it started, but it ain't over yet. We got a whole nother weekend to go. Yeah, um, which means potentially different guest stars. Yeah, different surprises, different things happening. Same set list. I know that's something that people... I'm surprised at how many people aren't aware of that, that it's yeah. the same set list between weekend one and weekend two, because pe- so many people have asked me, it's like, oh, you didn't get to go to weekend one, you don't get to see Beyonce. I'm like, yeah, I do. <laughs> like, it's the same set list. Yeah. So, yeah, clarification. It is pretty much the same. The only thing that changes is um, different guests mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So, from highlights from weekend one... Like, Destiny's Child might not be at weekend Right, one. yeah. Unless that is part of her, like, she's not changing her performance. Because right. some people don't change their performance weekend to weekend. So, maybe she, they, Destiny's Child could be in her performance, especially since that was such a big deal. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, if that was her surprise for weekend one, she might also have a different surprise for weekend two. So we don't really know. But um, but um, definitely things that won't. I don't think would happen on weekend two. Kelly Yukis brought on Tyler, the creator, mm-hmm. for her set. Probably won't bring him on for weekend two. It's possible, though, just because of the fact that Tyler's already performing. Right. Because sometimes surprise guests get brought on that weren't going to be at Coachella at all. And those are the ones that you would, wouldn't see a repeat of. Like Bleachers brought out Carly Rae. Right. Like, that's not going to happen weekend, too. Um, Maybe. Probably not. Most likely not. Yeah. Um, it's it's hard to tell. But, I mean, she also, oh, yeah, Beyonce also brought on um, Solange. Solange yeah. So, that was cool. Um, and then Kendrick performed at SZA and Vince Staples set. Which is, they're so good. They're so good. I seriously doubt that's going to happen weekend, too, considering he's not a performer. Mm-hmm. But you never know. Um, man, I would have loved to see like him <laughs> and Scissor perform together. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. Um, something that probably will still happen, um, just maybe not as exciting, is that St. Vincent debuted a song at, at weekend one of Coachella. St. Vincent's apparently, like, I saw a, a headline that, like, it was really crazy and wild, and, like, yeah, it didn't have the same like, turnout, I guess, as, like, some of the other people. But, like, also David Byrne didn't get a whole lot of people, apparently. So, like, I don't know. You need to, like, support David Byrne and St. Vincent, y'all. Like, yeah. No, yeah. And Please. And that's the thing. Those are actually sometimes the more fun ones to go to because when you... Because I know this is how I'm guessing it's going to work for King Cruel because... There's going to be... You're going to be close right <laughs> there's gotta be four people there. because not despite the fact that it's king cruel but like on top of that miguel's set time is the same time as mm-hmm. king cruel mm-hmm. so you know everybody's gonna be at miguel's set 
which when you have that kind of thing work out, and that happens a lot sometimes where somebody really popular is up against somebody that's not as popular, and then you get to be so close to the stage. Like, I was so close to Banks. Mm-hmm. It was I was insanely close. Like, I was right by the stage for mm-hmm. her set. Um, I can't remember who. I think Father John Misty was the same time as her, which I don't know how much more popular he is than Banks. But um, So, like, that's the cool thing about taking the underdog and going to, like, that set instead of the thing going with to this is like, it's a David Byrne and it's St. Vincent. Like, I, you would, I guess I would think, I would assume that there's a lot of people who are fans of both of those artists that would go to those shows. There's probably a lot of overlap, I guess. But, like, maybe I just have too much, like, faith in Coachella goers <laughs> to, to go see David Byrne. Probably, yeah. I mean, I already kind of, now that obviously the schedule has been released, I've made, designated my path for who I, I need to see. And obviously there's conflictions. It's just kind of how it goes. But um, for the most part, I'm able to, to see everybody I want to see. And also, like, you kind of just walk by bands and you just are like, this sounds cool. And you just go up and you start listening. That's how I found tennis. Like, you know, it's just, yeah, it's it's kind of, it's a fun time. It's a... It's a really different atmosphere, and I feel like it's different from what it's portrayed as. I feel like it's portrayed as, like, molly, peyote, and flower crowns. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is that not what it is? It's, no, it's not. That's not been my experience. Although, I, I will say those stereotypes didn't come from nowhere. Like, mm-hmm. there is people that are on molly, and there are gaggles of flower crowns, you know, hanging out. Mm-hmm. But um, that's not the entire atmosphere at all. Uh, honestly, I don't think, I feel like that has been a stereotype that has come out and like, that's what people think it all is, but that's not mm. been my experience at least at all. But, right. you know, I'll let you know, maybe that'll change this weekend when I go, who knows? But, uh, what are, what are some of the people that you're most excited to see? Cause I don't think you actually said it on the podcast yet. yeah yeah I, I haven't talked about it too much because I just like don't want to overhype myself but right. <laughs> um I'm really excited to see King Cruels I think he's I'm most excited for him just because of the fact that one I know I can get close and two like he probably won't come around here and it's it's really nice when you get those kind of people that won't come around here um I'm really excited to see Brockhampton although I am seeing Brockhampton in June at ta- Town Ballroom. I think it's June or May. Um, so, like, I will be it seeing them It seems really again. weird to me that they're playing Town Ballroom. Very weird. But, like, I'm not questioning it. I'm right. very excited. Right. <laughs> um, I'm also, like, honestly not too pumped to see Beyonce because I just know, like, if you get there an hour ahead of time. That's not even going to be. That's enough. not even going to be. You're, you're going to be, like. And, which, I mean, sometimes that's fun, just chilling in the back of the crowd, not caring, and just kind of, like, listening to it from afar. But, like, if you're trying to actually see Beyonce, you're going to have to be there five sets ahead of time, and I'm not doing that. So, honestly, I'm just really... I'll go, but, like, her set's not something I'm really too pumped for. Um, I'm definitely excited to see SZA and Tyler. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Japanese Breakfast. They're early in the day, and, like, no one's going to be there, and I'm, I'm pretty excited to see them, so... I think those are my main ones. I wore my Japanese breakfast shirt yesterday. Oh, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I love them so much. But yeah, I'm sure I'll have more to say after it happens. I'll let you guys know all my experiences, as if you care. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, yeah. 
Great. Great. Super sweet. High definition vinyl might be happening, which is great because we really need like more expensive records to come out. Um, but hey, maybe they'll sound marginally better, I guess. I guess. I mean, I, it's the process to making it is differently, and we talked yeah, about this on be, Subverse. probably be a faster process, which means you can produce more, which could make prices go down. But also, they could make prices go up because of the cost of manufacturing. Right. Faster. And just because of the fact that, like... It's, it's supposed to be more precise and less loss of audio information. And that in itself, if you're getting better, quote-unquote, quality, quality, then, yeah. you know, it's probably going to be more expensive. Mm-hmm. But it could be in stores as soon as 2019, so we could be finding out pretty soon. Yeah, so um, record store day 2019 and everything on hi-fi <laughs> vinyl. Oh, God. Speaking of, Record Store Day 2018 is this weekend. Yeah. I'm going to buy every copy of Sugar Ray's Fly. I'm really sad that I can't participate this year, but get a Kills record for me. If I find one. <laughs> there's there's definitely some things that I want more than others. Um, I want one of the Mac DeMarco live things, because there's two coming out. Um, I want, obviously, the Sugar Ray Fly very bad. Um, but, like, other than that, it's just, like, whatever they have, you know, like, mm-hmm. I'll see, and then I'm sure I'll find something. Is there something that you, like, there. are super excited for that you have to get, or you'll be really upset if you don't get it? Not really. There's definitely been that stuff, like, in previous years. Um, like, in 2013, there was a pressing of Pinback's first album, and then in 2014, a pressing on their second album, and now they're both $500 on Discogs, and I didn't Ooh. get one. Um... There was a Dresden Dolls uh, record store day release a couple years ago that I ended up getting that was really cool that I was excited for. Um, but usually, like, I don't have the opportunity to go the day of. So it's kind of like, you know, a toss-up as to what I end up finding later on, like the Barbarella picture disc from last year that I was so lucky <laughs> to be able to find. Um, but yeah, what about you? I mean, if I could go, I would I would want that kills live mm-hmm. set, but you know, I won't I won't be in attendance this right. year. Um, but definitely let me know everything that you get and yeah. your your picks and what you didn't get. Hopefully, I'll be able to go. Um, I'm I'm hoping that someone, a mutual friend or something, will be going somewhere up in Erie or whatever. I'm sure Dakota will. Maybe. Sweet. Maybe. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be back with new releases, singles, and what's coming up next week. So stay tuned right here to Where You Even Listening. We got some good stuff and some bad stuff. 
King Tough with the other. I did not like this album. Yeah. Um, like, I, I was aggressively kind of opposed to this album. I think it made me physically ill. I don't know. You know, I can't rule it out, though. So. I didn't care for it, and I didn't listen, I'll admit, to the whole thing, but I didn't feel like I didn't need to to form my opinion, so right, it wasn't necessary. Like, the single Psychostar was fine, and, like, I was okay with that, and I was kind of hoping the rest of the album would be that, but it's hard to recommend that, like, you even listen, listen to it, because it's just not great. It's, like, it starts off really slow and really bland and kind of boring, and then it becomes something more interesting. But by the end of the album, when it's actually at a thing that I would listen to, it ends. So it's like there's nothing really in the journey of this album that I can wholeheartedly really recommend. Like, if you like Jack White and if you like Mount Erie, then, like, there you go, I guess. Because those are the closest things that I could really even compare some of this stuff to. And then you just add, like, harmonica to a bunch of songs, and then it becomes, like, a country rock pop thing. And I just, I wasn't feeling it. And I know for a fact that there's definitely an audience that will really like this. I just know I am not part of that audience. Um, so, you know, I did, I think, the best. I could. <laughs> I tried. I tried to listen you tried. to it. Did you review that? Yeah, okay. I So check that out on The Spectator this week, folks, on edibronow.com. Mm. I'm sure it'll be scathing. It's not actually that. <laughs> it's not that scathing. It's just I, I wanted it to be something that it wasn't, and that's more my fault than the albums. Mm. That's what, Lower your expectations and you won't be disappointed. Yeah. You know? Um, we also have Joyride by Tinashe. Tinashe. I knew I was going to say it wrong. That's why I hesitated. <sighs> Anyways. I only listened to the song with Little Dragon. And so did I, because okay, that good. was the only one that mattered to me. <laughs> um, I liked it. See, the thing with it, I guess, is I saw it had a lot of mixed reviews, so I am going to go back to it, and I am going to listen to it, the whole thing, other than the song with Little Dragon. Um, but I didn't love that song by itself, so I am not sure how I'm going to like the whole thing. Um, and I don't want to, like, obviously let the fact that, like, it's had mixed reviews kind of color my impression of it but it's definitely because of that i'm not as like keen to jump into it immediately as opposed to if it had been like you know brilliantly reviewed or whatever right right like i'll get to it eventually and yeah yeah and that's that's sometimes how i feel about things that i'm just not psyched to listen to i'm like i'll get to it when i get to it thank yeah. y'all um, but I actually kind of liked the song with Little Dragon. I didn't really have any expectations of it, and mm. I think I was pleasantly surprised, so. Um, also, A Place to Bury Strangers had their new album, Pinned, come out on Friday. And I have liked A Place to Bury Strangers for a while. They have definitely some hits and some misses, but, um, generally speaking, I like them. And I really, really enjoy this album. Um, and I thought you would like it a lot, which is why I sent you a lot of or like a couple songs from it mm -hmm. um there's only one of us is really good and keep moving on are kind of the two that i like specifically super enjoy and the last track that i do not remember the name of right now um is good also and the vinyl is available today on vinyl me please on their member store and it's like solid pink and it's really cool yeah i, saw, I looked that it's up and really i saw cool. it it yeah. looks really nice and it's a members only exclusive so make sure you go to www.joinvmp.com backslash wfse and get that membership. Yeah. And get this record. Because it's actually pretty good. I mean, what I've heard of it, 
I, I really liked. It kind of reminded me of My Bloody Valentine a little bit. Yeah. Definitely shoegaze material. It's definitely like kind of of the era, it seems like. Even though it's a modern album, it's definitely directly inspired by My Bloody Valentine and like early, you know, like mid Depeche Mode and Joy Division. Um, it's that. It's very much, very more Joy Division, I feel like, than, than My Bloody Valentine. Yeah, if but. you're into that scene, which I am, um, yeah. I think you'd really like this. Like the, the European kind of, well, British alternative movement from that time. It's good. I like it. I recommend it wholeheartedly, much like how I recommend Nicki Minaj's new singles, Barbie Tings and Chun-Li. Woo! They're good. The Queen is back. Like, I really liked, I like Chun-Li more than I like Barbie Tings. I was going to say Chun-Li is, was my favorite of um, the releases. It's really good. I'm not confident she knows who Chun-Li is, but it fits <laughs> with this song, and that's perfectly fine. Because um, the part where she's like, they get on there bleep keyboards and make me out to be the bad guy comma chun li chun li is not a bad guy in fact chun li works for interpol and is in fact probably the best character morally speaking in street fighter but you know it works for the beat of the song so she also calls herself miss king kong which yeah like mood (laughs) and i'm pretty sure she calls out cardi b um, maybe. But it's, po- yeah, maybe, indirectly. I don't know. Check genius. We'll yeah. find out. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, Barbie Tanks is good, too. Um, Florence and the Machine also has a new single from her slash their new um, record that will be coming out in July, I think. June uh, or July. It's one of those. I wasn't too impressed with the single, but I am still excited for the record because it's, I do really like Florence. I really like it, but I don't know. Well, I guess without hearing the rest of the album, I don't know. But it's probably not what I would have picked to introduce a new record. Um, so it's probably not actually going to end up being the lead single. It's probably just going to be, you know, a song on it. There. Which is whatever. But I guess naturally it would be the lead single because it's the first one that comes up. I don't know. Who cares? Um, and Patrick Page the second has On My Mind and Change It to the Game featuring Sid. Um, Patrick Page is in the internet with Sid alongside Matt Martians and Steve Lacey. Steve Lacey. The internet is good, so. <laughs> yeah, it's, <you> know. <laughs> it's really good. It's a very good single, um, and I like it, and I'm excited for that album. And the internet should be, yeah, releasing and, it pretty soon, I would think, since yeah, there's been cryptic tweets. There's so. been cryptic <laughs> tweets last month that said, next month, and then yeah, and then this <laughs> said, this week. So I'm assuming there's probably going to be something relating to the internet. Maybe this week or next week. Um, I know Sid and Steve Lacey are playing at the Pitchfork Festival, so there mm. pro- there might be something by then, I would assume. That'd be fun. If I had to guess. We'll keep a lookout, and when it happens, you'll, you'll be able to know yeah. from us right here on Where You Even Listening. Um, next week, there's a lot of stuff coming out, actually. Um, Speedy Ortiz has a new record, Chromio, Half Wave, Twin Shadow, Janelle Monet, Fourth Wanderers, Oakerville River, Giraffes, Giraffes, God is an Astronaut, Perfect Circle, Alexis Taylor. And apparently, J. Cole has uh, just announced, like, an album I read, like, on Complex. This week, right? Yeah. For the 20th? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, according to complex instagram account because that's where it's <laughs> but yeah so that should be fun um i don't think i've ever like actually listened to aj cole song so 
Really? Really. He's really talented. Well, I, think I know. He should. You know, double platinum, no features, right? Yeah. But, like, <laughs> I haven't. I don't think I've ever been exposed to a J. Cole song, so. I, I mean, I would suggest, uh, what's the album that came out in 2014? I think it was, like, Forest Hill. That's double platinum, no features. That's right? the double platinum one? That was a really good one, so. Okay. Uh, and then, that's the one I would go to first. Okay, good to um, know. G-O-M-D is really good and then on I can't remember if it's for your eyes only or not but whatever album Neighbors is on (laughs) that's a really good song (laughs) um great so you're gonna be at Coachella I'm gonna see Jeff Rosenstock on Tuesday right right that'll be fun um so we'll have that to talk about in two weeks (laughs) two weeks yeah in like a week week I guess. I also forgot to mention at the beginning of the podcast that I saw Nombe mm-hmm. this past weekend with uh, Mickey Echo, and I talked to them after the show and stuff, and um, they're pretty chill. It was a lot of fun. It was at the House of Blues in the Cambridge Room, which I think was mentioned before on this podcast that uh, I would be seeing that. So, yeah. unfortunately, Britain was not in attendance. Yeah, but. But we played Nombe on. Subverse, our radio show, Wednesday, 7 to 9, on yeah. 88.9 WFSE Fine Scots Radio. Um, because he's good. Really good. He's really good. And I, yeah, and I told him that we played him, too, and he, it was dope. We also have merchandise for both of this show and Subverse and my other podcast, It Won't Turn Off, and a lot of other shows that you can find on Edinburgh Now um, at shop.spreadshirt.com backslash Edinburgh Now. Um... So yeah, so check that out too if you like the content we regularly produce because it directly helps us. More or less. Yeah. And there's so, there's so much stuff you have to keep up on with us. I yeah. Know. But you know you can f- find it all out basically on social media. Yeah, we're very visible <laughs> on social in edinburghnow.com. So. Yeah, find me fighting on Twitter about what the best song on. Third Eye Blind's first album. Which, ho, ho, ho. I didn't even know there was other songs besides, like, Jumper and... What's that other popular song? What's it called? How It's Gonna Be. I'm not helping you here. Um. (laughs) You've dug this hole for yourself. Uh, But no, so it was a long conversation. Semi-charmed life. Between me, Dakota, your brother Adam, and Chris from Modern Vinyl. I saw that, and I was going to jump in on it, but I decided it would be best for because me to just Because everyone else is wrong. Like, I don't know what people what people are about, but, you know, people aren't recognizing the best song on that album, <laughs> which is Narcolepsy. If you have a different opinion, then at me on Twitter, we can talk about this. Great. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Where You've Been Listening. This has been us. Here's our outro music.